Hey everybody, this is the Savage Gentleman Podcast, and we're back with another episode, and we have our good friend, J.D. Caputo. You guys may recall him on a previous podcast or two. A uh, good buddy of mine met this fine fellow on the <laughs> Ultimate Ninja Challenge, and we had many adventures in the British Columbian wild. J.D., tell us about yourself. Uh, you know, J.D. Caputo, man... Uh Combat you know, we got that already. We know you're J.D. Caputo. Hey. You do that every time. Knock it off. <laughs> no. Uh, so anyway, guys, uh, infantry combat veteran. Uh, did a couple of tours overseas, probably like many of you guys out there did. Uh, 02, 03. Uh, went back again in 05. Um, survivalist, lifelong martial artist, enthusiast, um, avid gamer. Um, I, I, I fluctuate between warrior and nerd pretty frequently. Um, I think that's a good that's a good back and forth, you know. It kind of balances itself out, almost like a both a savage and a gentleman, you could say. Shameless plug. I know that was terrible. There um, was no, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. No, no, there is there is some truth to that, man. The the, the savage gentleman uh, component there, man. I, I enjoy it. You know, I do a lot of reading, uh, but I, you know, I do a lot of training and fighting. Um, a lot of my friends, man, because you know, I, I box and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I work pretty frequently. They're like, yeah, I memorize baseball statistics. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> not manly because you play video games, but I also fist fight. So, yeah, but I can smash you. you right. Know? That's right. kind of, that's kind of the whole idea. So, um, well, first off it is Veterans Day. So I would have to wish you a happy Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. And thanks everyone who listens in this. We've got a lot of veteran community here as part of savage gentlemen so thank you guys for that and obviously jd thank you as well and thank you for your support hey my pleasure and even matt winslow who's working the cameras is also a veteran so i didn't tell you today matt thank you (laughs) hey guys listen yeah if you're out there and you served at all i don't care whether you were a cook or infantry sf man if you if you served out there dude super proud of you guys and um you know you guys are the most precious resource out there man i mean you know we talk about you always see in the news you know we spent x amount of money but it really is the people war's not about right or wrong man it's about who's left to me yeah and um you know the people are really important man so um we're one of the smallest uh, uh generations of veterans ever i thought i found that to be pretty interesting we're a very tight small community so i, I want to see us to get tighter band together do some great things but if you're out there man on veterans day let's come together and uh, as a community and let's take care of one another and police our own very cool very cool now this will probably be released long after veterans day by the time i get to editing it but just for the sake of posterity you know i just wanted to throw that out there so. yeah man yeah no, it's um, important it's important so, JD, what have you been up to? So, you talk, you mentioned boxing, and I know you've been actually you've been doing that for a long time. But now you're stepping it up a little bit. You're talking about you, you may have a fight coming up soon. Yep, yep. We're gonna. Is I'm it looking, you and Mayweather? <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. No, <laughs> no. Wait a minute. How much money are we talking? I mean, At if they're gonna like, pay me the same money that Conor McGregor got paid, I dude, would do that I'm, in right a now. Heartbeat. I mean, I'll wear that ass whipping in a heartbeat. No yeah, shame. Yeah, dude. Just, I mean, just give Cut me, me about the five or six of these, dude. Let's do it. Let's make you, it happen. You know, it's funny. The um, the boxing and athletic commissions generally frown upon uh, competing while intoxicating. It's really weird. I don't know what their problem is. I mean, they can sue me for half, and I'm still happy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess you could do worse than that, for yeah. sure. I'd be overjoyed. I'd be totally overjoyed. It's uh. Jeff Kirkham stopping by. Hello, Jeff, Jeff Kirkham stopping in. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> so, boxing. You, uh, this is an amateur boxing tournament. Yep, just that amateur you're boxing. To do. Man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not doing anything super crazy high speed. It's just that for me, man. Like you know, I've done some boxing. I've been mm-hmm. out there. I fought, and I wanted to kind of cap it off by going out, entering a Golden Gloves tournament, and fighting. So, 
it's one of those things that like I want to I want to put that on the wall and say I did it. Yeah. I think it's about an accomplishment. It's about an achievement. You know, now we have this society where everybody's like, oh, we don't want to measure your achievements, but life still measures you by achievements. Oh, yeah. Life does not care. I mean, you can you can get all the trophies that you want. <laughs> But life is going to put you to the test and see whether or not you actually earn those or if they were given to you. They don't, it doesn't care. And that's what it's about, man. It's about, it's about earning it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's about getting in there. It's about fighting. Because the reason I like competitive fighting is that, as you well know, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. What do, tell me about fighting, please. Knock it off. I don't off. know anything. Knock it off. I know nothing. Hey, you're stepping on my moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a dick. I'm be- I don't know why I'm being such an asshole Because you're having coffee. You need some of this now. Listen, I have a seventh-month-old baby um, if I drink two sips of that, I'm going to fall asleep. I need coffee, even though it's like seven o'clock at night. Well, do what you got to do fam. to stay alive. Speaking of tests of endurance, that's kind of what I was looking for with boxing, man. Is it mm. in competitive fighting as you're well aware being Great punched segue. in the face, you know, like, and, and you know, it's, it's a very even competition, you know, whereas yeah. like if it's a street fight or it's combat or something like that, we're looking to make it unfair, but this is a test and mm-hmm. it's always going to come down to a mental test and a physical test. I mean, can you keep going? Yeah. And, and for me, that's important. It's about what, I don't judge anybody in life by what they do when they're succeeding because that's a poor metric. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens when you get knocked flat. Yeah. I want to see what happens when you're suffering because that's the kind of man you are. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm going to know who you are and, and what you're capable of. Well, and, and that that is what we should be seeking out for ourselves, which is obviously what you're doing. I mean, and you've, you've, you've tested yourself in quite a few different ways. Um, I mean, you're... In terms of competition, you you've recently picked up uh, armored combat, yeah, uh, medieval combat. What's the what's the proper term for that? It's um so it's historical medieval battles. But you're basically uh, hitting each other with swords in in full plate armor. Yeah, so okay. it's it's plate armor. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot of rules. I mean, there are some for obvious safety reasons, but. I mean, it's steel weapons. You can punch, headbutt. You do, yeah. you do what you want to do, and it's it's pretty brutal, man. I mean, I, I know in the in the world tournament, I was in Santa Severa, Rome, as part of Team USA for the world tournament. Ooh. And that was um, I was lucky enough to to jump on there. I just kind of hopped on, and that's uh, kind of a big deal, like the world tournament representing the United States of America. Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's essentially the Olympics of um, LARPing, right? Oh man! <laughs> I had to dig Woo! That one in. He dug right in there. No, shots we, fired. We had eighty injuries the first day, man. Uh, literally, Did you say 80, 80, 80 injuries. Eight zero. Eight zero. They uh, one guy got hit in the neck, man. Drop him. That's actually a pretty rad clip. I'll see if I can find that, man, because he goes down. I bet he did. Like he went down quick, and um, so. Really, really fun event. Historical medieval medieval battles. If you guys haven't seen it, man, YouTube it. It's pretty rad, actually. I mean, a lot of guys that you know they hear about it and they go, "Oh, nerd stuff," and I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> until you get your bell rung, yeah. it's a little bit more like a demolition derby with people." But I like it. Um, generally, I like to fight. You know, well, period. weapon. I mean, weapons is kind of your your yeah. deal. That's your forte. I mean, you you've spent a mm-hmm. lifetime training in in different different implement, long, long short, bladed, dull. You name it, you put a weapon in your hands and, and you're going to hurt somebody. Yep, generally and, I know how they work. Yeah, so, because I, I mean, I've seen you, I've seen you put it on, it's like, damn, that guy knows how to, <laughs> how to how to do work, you know, with a knife, with a sword, with a stick, with a pen. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I can only imagine putting a battle axe or a sword in your hands is a, is a pretty scary prospect, and... I, I've actually had the opportunity to, to don the armor, mm-hmm. and I, and, and you're absolutely right, man, that that shit is legit. Like it's you rough. are taking full on impacts. I mean, that is, that is a fight. Like, you know, you can call it nerdy. You can call it what you want to put it on, try it out. I mean, I've, I've been kicked in the face plenty of times. Getting hit with an ax is, is far worse. You know, it's funny, man. Uh, there was a guy that actually looked over and he goes, he made the joke. 
And uh, he said, he said, oh, I cast Magic Missile. And I looked over and I was like, I'm about to cast Ass Whooping. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm about to cast is Ass Whooping. Yeah, you're about to get the spell of slumber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going to go to sleep, son. Yep. But that that's, um, you know, it, man, it, I, I've kind of had this weird life where I just kind of follow the adventure. Mm-hmm. But, and that's one of the things I encourage uh, a lot of people to do is just, they're like, how did you do all this stuff? And I'm like, I'm not magic, man. I just went out there and said yes. Yeah. And, and just followed, you know, literally I got a message and they were like, hey, are you interested in doing this? And I was like, cool. Now I'm in Santa Severa, Rome in full plate armor staring at Russians. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a fascinating um, prospect to just kind of get out there and challenge yourself and test yourself. But what I find is all these opportunities are floating around you all the time. They're floating around in your life all day long. Man, say yes. There's going to be a risk and there's going to be doubt in your mind. And you have to push those to the side and go do it anyway. Otherwise, well, you're going to miss your life. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's the fear of the unknown that kind of keeps us at bay to stepping off into that arena Right. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the outcome will be. And that's obviously very, you know, very frightful for us. And and so we want to play it safe a lot of the times. And man, that you, you end up missing out on so much. Well, you know? life is, you know, I, I had this I had this argument not too long ago and I was talking to a person who said, well, life is about making order. And I'm like, making order is impossible. Can't be done. You're adapting to chaos. Yes. And if you think you're not, you're just kidding yourself. Right. That's all you're doing. I mean, you're, you're literally kidding yourself. It's impossible for you to make order. There's too many variables at play. Mm-hmm. And so embrace the chaos, man. Get out there and do something with your life. Well, it's the illusion of control. We want to have the illusion. I don't think that anyone really believes that they're in control, but they try and, you know, they, they try and kid themselves into thinking that because, again, because that's comfortable. The second you realize you're not in control, it's really scary for people. But I like I like what you said with the idea of just saying yes. You know, you may not have all the answers. You may not know exactly how, when, or why this thing is going to pan out. But if you can, I think that if you can say yes more often than no, you're gonna have the opportunity for these grand adventures. And and you know, it it for me in my mind, one of these things or multiples of these things are going to end up panning out and playing out in a really really good way. Well. People enter what I like to call planning paralysis, Mm, mm -hmm. where they're like, okay, well, I need to plan for this contingency and this problem. And I mean, we're already into a damn meteor shower. You know, like if there's a meteor shower, I will. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) go do it. Yeah. Because everything that you planned, 55 things you didn't plan on are going to show up. All of a sudden, you're going to be totally unprepared for. You're going to have to adapt to it anyway. Mm -hmm. Build a framework and go. Yeah. I mean, and that's not just jumping into things willy nilly. Like certainly, you know, let's use let's use our head here and, and, and think it through. But don't get into this paralysis by analysis where you don't know all the answers. So then you just don't try anything. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think that we get stuck in. Um, And it's very easy to do. We live. In, in a pretty safe, comfortable time for the most part. So there really aren't that many things there pushing us over that ledge. Yeah. Now at, in the modern age, there used to be, you know, every day you woke up, it was like, Ooh, I don't know, I'm stepping out in the unknown. But now we've got it all figured out. We've got technology. We've got relative security. We live in a pretty, you know, pretty comfortable time. And so I think to counteract that, we have to force ourselves to be uncomfortable in some capacity. And whether that's getting punched in the face, you know, clanked with with uh <laughs> with a sword and a in smacked a with mace. an axe yeah, yeah. um we we need to find ways going out and surviving for 24 days yeah. in 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 frigid british, british columbia. columbia yeah well you know what's interesting about that is that that's the perfect example man that's the perfect segue for this that like so oh, i you. i literally got um 
I was I, d- I did a video. I was teaching uh, Spartan Pancration, which is the the kind of the father of mixed martial arts. Yep. So originally, just a just a little bit of a history lesson here. Like the original Olympics, one of the events was a Pancration tournament where basically two guys squared off. There were no weight classes, and there were two rules: no biting and no gouging. And there was a third rule: no Spartans. Um, <laughs> Spartans were programmed to kill, man. They they were like, this is a they got one event. speed. Yeah, yeah. They were actually the guards, and in fact, famously, they actually said they were like, we don't need to com- we don't need to compete in an event where it's determined by a raised hand. The victor should be obvious. Ooh, and I was like, wow, Ooh. that is savage. Yeah, they ain't having it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it turns out those guys you might you might have you might have seen the movie. Uh, they weren't half as naked, but those dudes were badasses. Um, so anyway, I taught a quick lesson on that, mm-hmm. and it was just, I mean ostensibly it was literally like eye gouge throat shot blast double you know lock up the ankle walk away that thing got 9.6 million views wow and then on youtube and all of a sudden i get this weird phone call and they're like i'm looking for jd and i was like well you got him and he's like hey do you want to be on this show uh it's a survival challenge they had no idea it had anything to do with like ninjas or ninja history which have which is kind of your deal like i you you were like our de facto historian yeah. um some might some people might say nerd but i i will say historian I say i'm a nerd you're kind of nerdy but I, i'm nerdy but no i mean it was it was some invaluable information that you had because you've spent a long time researching this so like n- ninjutsu and and the the ninja itself it's kind of your deal well what 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 fascinated me about it was, you know, I saw the cartoons and I saw the movies and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And when I was a kid, I remember begging my dad. There was this copy of Black Belt magazine there and it had a ninja on the cover. And of course, I'm a small boy. I want that magazine. I yeah. get it. I read it till it falls apart. But it just didn't seem right. Like the first time I got into the martial arts, I saw ninjutsu functionally, you know, taijutsu. And I'm mm-hmm. like, there's no way that one of the most terrifying operatives in the history of man was this bad at fighting. <laughs> I, I said it, if you're out there and you're a ninjutsu guy, that's totally cool, man. Keep training, do your thing. But you and I both know that does not work in a fight. Sorry. Yeah. And well, we've we've built the ninja up to this, you know, really, man, it really took a turn at one point. And I don't know when, where, why, or how what that happened. About the happened. 1800s, actually. Uh, the, the, our, our notion of what the ninja actually were has been drastically distorted, uh, from what it what they actually did do, because now we think about you know black masks and throwing stars and turtles and all this really kind of campy hokey stuff, and that that couldn't be further from the truth. There's nothing you know funny or silly or comical of, with with the ninjas. They were terrifying. I mean, they the, the interesting thing is first off, ninjutsu is not actually a martial art <clears throat> at all. It pertains to espionage, arson, assassination, basically anything, guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, to give you an idea, just as an example, on a, on a, to, to preface it, if you were a shinobi no mono, which is their actual Which I am. Name, yep, in fact, he made it. So <laughs> he true is. story, I am. So if you're shinobi no mono and your lord sends you out on a mission and you're supposed to go burn... We're talk- this is feudal Japan. Feudal yeah, Japan, gotta, okay. Sengaku, you know, era Japan. I mean, this is, this is the, the warring era. So the warring period. So let's say that you're sent out and he says, burn the enemy's grain store. You're like, okay, great. That's my job. You're doing ninjutsu. You're sneaking around. That's ninjutsu. Mm -hmm. You're, let's say, surprised by a guard. Okay. So you're surprised by a guard and you... That's usually game over in the video games. You usually fail the mission. (laughs) So you're surprised by this guy. So anyway, you pull out your sword. That's kenjutsu. You're doing sword technique. Oh, Jutsu means technique. Mm. So ken is sword. You're doing sword technique. Um, you guys wind up struggling, you grapple him, you throw him to the ground, and you choke him to death. Now you're a, a shinobi no mono doing jujitsu. Well, that I know something about. Right. 
So then you continue sneaking towards the enemy's grain store on your mission of arson. Now you're back to doing ninjutsu. Huh. So the guys that think that the ninjutsu is actually some kind of hand-to-hand combat style, there's zero historical evidence to prove that. Now, if you enjoy that, and that's your thing, go ahead. But if you're calling it historically accurate, I mean, I'm going to have to pull the buzzer on you, Doug. Yeah. Bah, dude, mind. So, my, I mean, that... You know, and, and you, you talked about this a little bit on the show, and it still blows my mind every time I hear it, you know, the, the actual historical context of it, you know, the fact that these guys are kind of transitioning throughout the different, the different fighting styles, and to say that, you know, ninjutsu is just one small little, you know, ball of techniques is wildly misrepresentative of the whole of, of what these guys actually did. And that was that was kind of the eye opening thing for me going on the show because I you know, I, I get this this um instant message or, or direct message on Instagram about hey that we're doing a survival show. Well, okay, cool. And then it, but but also ninjas. I'm like, okay not really sure where this is going, but yeah, yeah. sounds interesting. You know, it, you know, it's a challenge. There's, there's going to be survival and, and, you know, somehow my martial arts may play into it. So I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm in. Well, they were trained. I mean, you know, what's interesting about it was, is that there were a lot of people that were honestly kind of confused because like I saw comments where people were like, well, you know, I, I didn't see anybody, you know, do a backflip and, and, and pull out a short sword. That wasn't what they were. I mean, strip away. If, if you're out there, you're a pretty logical person. I mean, strip away the bullshit. Think about it for a minute. Okay. These guys were, first off, they were samurai. There were no peasant ninjas. Mm, that's were, a very, yeah, that's a super common misconception. That, yeah, they, they, were, they were a military class. Basically, your lord would walk in, look at you, and go, hey, you're a pretty smart guy, so you're going to be shinobi no mono now. And I'm going to train you in unconventional warfare, and it's not dishonorable because the highest honor is serving your lord. Mm. So... You just a little trained. little uh, workaround there. Yeah, it's a workaround. You know, Bushido, a little, fle- yeah. more, a little more flexible than you thought there. <laughs> so... Anyway, this guy would be this highly trained guy, but I mean, think scout, think reconnaissance, mm-hmm. think, think real jobs, you know, like, I mean, how practical is it to do a backflip, you know what I mean? And throw a spike. I, I was now, I wasn't in the military, right? But, but you've, you've been deployed, you've been in combat. How many times on the battlefield were guys doing backflips and, and round off cartwheels, you know what I mean? Well, first off in, in battle combat. rattle, you would break your ass. That's why I, I talked to a CrossFit guy that was like, we do kipping pull-ups because that's how we get over walls. And I'm like, bro, if you do a kipping pull-up, you're not going to have shoulders. <laughs> if you're in battle rattle and you're trying to do that, you're going to die. Anyway, um, so one of, my, one of the points was is that just like that, though, it was, it was reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was espionage. It was, it was you know, the things like real battlefield roles that take place. And then it became a fantastic, fanciful thing because it sold books, comics, movies, and, and that's, it became this popularized image, and then it just replaced the actual history. Yeah. But the real guy was a terrifying, determined, ultra-focused, highly trained warrior who had a very sophisticated understanding of medicine. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even they, they had figured out how to make things like grenades. Oh, wow. They had literally taken clay hemispheres with gunpowder and huh. put fuses in them. Very sophisticated warrior. Um, and so it was fascinating for me to go on the show because I really wanted to give clemency to the history. Yeah. And to kind of... To kind of showcase that, because survival would have been an important part of what they did. Right. I mean, just like most of our soldiers have to go through some survival training, because you're out in the field, you're in austere conditions, you know? Right. You can't, I mean, you know, nowadays you guys get some supplies and you have MREs and that sort of thing, but, you know, you have to have that contingency where that supply is cut off, you're out there for however long, You, what are you going to do, right? And so for the ninjas back in that 
time period, we, there were no, there was no technology really to get them through. It was just your bare bones bushcrafting survival that that got you from A to B to complete your mission. Well, and frequently they would actually infiltrate different areas because you have to understand if they wanted to get in somewhere, right, there would be guards out there. Right. So there would be samurai that would be like, Mm-mm, no, you, you don't get to have a sword in town, big guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what they would let you do if you were Yamabushi, which was a mountain aesthetic monk, okay, Yamabushi carried a very large knife, like it basically like a bushcrafting like field knife, mm-hmm. right? And so they would let you in there. So a lot of times they would impersonate Where's that. Where's Charlie Man knife? That would have been a great prop. <clears throat> so they stand would carry. By. Stand by. Stand they would by. carry this big knife in there. Just hang on. Stand by. Oh, I, there's a story to that knife too. I know, but I just need to get this <laughs> prop for a second while we're recording. You're going to keep going. We are and currently. We're going to be past the knife. We are currently waiting on a marine to bring us the knife. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt uh, Winslow. Arigato. All right. Did you pause recording or is it still going? Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Okay, so was it a knife like this one? Yes. Also, exactly. May I? Yes, Thank you very much. I'm going to set this right here because it's a a great prop. Charlie, man, if you see it on the table, Charlie, man, if you're out there watching, man, your boy, your boy, JD, lifelong Kalista, man, I I need a knife, man. Hook me up, dude. Come on, man. Look at this. See, I need one. (laughs) I need one. Another shameless plug. Sorry. Shameless plug. Charlie, man, fantastic work. If you haven't been there, check out this guy's uh, this guy's work, man. I, I love his knives and I'm picky. Um, I'm, I'm really, really picky about quality of knife and what a knife does. I think his blades are amazing. Um, anyhow, so they, back would, they would impersonate this mountain aesthetic monk and okay. they would walk in there so that the samurai would be like, Hey, it's okay. You can have this. Right. And now they that's just, not a sword. That's then they just got into your town armed. Wow. But dude, uh, most of their, there were so many of them. Like we know very little about direct action. Like a lot of times all they were really doing is they would do stuff like they would infiltrate an enemy camp. Mm-hmm. So let's say we were two Shinobi. We would choreograph a duel. You would wear, let's say you're the shinobi and I'm, I'm just a samurai on the battlefield, right? So they would, they would actually get together and they would organize this duel that we would have, right? So we would find each other, we would duel, mm-hmm. but you'd be wearing in the, the midst In the midst of the battle. Yeah, in yeah. the midst of we a huge meet up. battle. Okay. We'd meet up, we'd get together, we'd have our sword fight, you'd be wearing the enemy's colors, and once there were three or four of you that were in the, in the enemy's ranks, we would break contact, like we would, all right, we're retreating. And you'd be like, yeah, good job, guys, let's go back to camp. Dumb. Wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> bad. In fact, that happened so much that they would actually yell a word at the end of the battle, and if you didn't hit your knees when they yelled out that word, then you were the ninja, and they kill you. Oh, they kill you on the spot. Yeah. That's man. That's some that's some sneaky ninja shit right there. So when they got in there, what they would do is they would take like an arrow, stick it in the ground with a with a note on it that says like you know General Hatsugawa, we we are pleased that you accepted our bribe. And so troops would find that and be like, our commanders are defecting. Yeah. And that's when it started. And then officers got assassinated. I mean, they burned things. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was a huge, huge thing. So anyhow, man, that's, I mean, it's brilliant strategy. I mean, it's super cool, you know, and again, I I love the fact that you've kind of researched and and you're bringing that historical element because it's, again, it's something that, that we don't seem to connect to the ninja anymore you know no longer is it associated with that kind of real you know the the realist <clears throat> or the reality of what they did now it's it's all this really hokey silly flippy you know what i mean well one of, of the stuff. foremost researchers out there that's really kind of shed a lot of light on this is actually a guy by the name of uh, anthony cummins he's done a, a couple of really good books if you're out there if you're interested in uh, book of the samurai i highly recommend you pick it up um, i'll plug that guy's work all day long He's tirelessly, you know, plumbed things in order to try and get as much information as he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Book of the Samurai, Book of the Ninja, he translated a lot of that stuff. And it's, it's shed a lot of light on, on who they were and what they were actually really doing. Um, so 
that research, I was just fortunate. I'm just an amateur historian. I enjoy reading it because I want to know why. You know, like, it's not enough to, to understand the technique. I need to know why did you decide to develop this series of techniques and training mm-hmm. method? What was your theory? What did you need to accomplish? Right. Right. You developed a fighting system for what? You know, in what context? Because the context is critical, right? Yeah. Well, and that's and that's something, you know, as a martial artist that I that I really appreciate about you when you look at different styles, because you've trained in, in, a, in a plethora of different disciplines mm-hmm. and, you know, each one has its pros and, and cons. And, and, you know, I think you're very objective about the functionality of each. But you also take the the extra step to go in and like, okay, why why are we in this martial art? Why are they teaching this? And then going back and doing the research, and then you realize, okay, this is why this technique exists. It's it's kind of a vestige of this particular time and place where they only had sticks to fight with because if you if this is a bladed implement, that doesn't work. So, you know, you're, you're constantly analyzing and thinking. I think that's a really cool approach to the martial arts because there there's a lot that we do that, that if you take a step back and you're like, wait, why? Why is this a technique that people are teaching? Then you realize, oh, this, ha- this applies to this specific scenario. So now when I'm in a street fight or in the cage, it's like, okay, maybe that isn't as useful, even though that's part of the dogma or doctrine. Well, and I mean, even then, you know, the, the, the most hilarious idea that I, I saw was a, a guy said, well, ninjas knew this fighting style or samurai knew this. And I'm like, well, n- no. I mean, think again, logically think about it, right? So if you're in your particular, you know, um, you know, <laughs> daimyo's you know land you know land yeah territory that he controls uh-huh. right your clan controls a certain amount of territory and by that i mean samurai clan yep okay um so there's people that are inside of that people are going to teach you how this works there was no unified anything right i mean it would vary <laughs> as wildly as teacher to teacher sure. except they didn't have the information aids so maybe you were a shinobi or a samurai who knew a lot of jujitsu maybe you knew spearmanship mm-hmm. maybe your sword technique sucked yeah. Maybe because your sword teachers were garbage. So, yeah, so know? to really to, to apply this blanket, okay, these are different things that some ninjas knew, and then to say that all ninjas knew all of this is, is pretty inaccurate. I mean, think about it this way, guys. I mean, are military units different from unit to unit? I mean, literally. I mean, you know, you can, in, inside of the Army, if you go around, if you go from 101st Airborne Division, superior to 82nd Airborne, inferior, you <laughs> automatically find different training. If you're out there and you're in the 82nd, man, I say well, that. Why are you the, trying to get us hate mail sent, bro? I, I say that with the utmost love, man. I do love you guys. You're fantastic. You stay over there with those gorgeous maroon berets and you let the boys in the 101 take care of it. Oh, man. Man. Wow. No. On Veterans Day? Seriously? This That's is what we do? That's the best time to do it. No, This listen, is what we do? There's friendly ribbing wow. back and forth. They should wow. do that. They should man. do that. No, they're two of the best units in the military. I, I, got, I, got, I got love for those guys. I'm out now. But come on, guys. You know you're over there making jokes about the 101. I got to get you back. I just got you for one you, that wasn't on camera. Anyway, no, love you guys. All right, so it's important because there is separation between the units. It's very, very important. And there, was, there would be different teachers. There would be different schooling. There would be different thinking. And so, like, to say that but we apply this idea of uniformity and it never existed. Yeah. It was never real. Essentially, that's like saying that every member of the U.S. military knows every component of that forwards and backwards across the board and so that your you know your army your navy your marine your coast guard your air force then leave me out that's everybody right yeah i mean okay. pretty much you know they all know the same knowledge 
you know, of everything. And it's like, no, man, the guy who is, you know, firing the big guns on a ship isn't the same dude who's jumping out of the planes, isn't the same dude who's driving the Humvee, isn't the same dude who's running support. You know what I mean? Like, and that would have been specified according to terrain. I mean, consider the fact that if you, if if your clan owns a large stretch of mountain range, Mm -hmm. you guys are going to be real good at mountain warfare. Yeah. Maybe not so much about, you know, on, on jungle or, or beach or whatever. Right. Yeah. And the guys, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. Again, if you logically think yourself through it as you're reading through the history, because understand, history was real people. And they're just people. That's all they are. They're just people. Mm-hmm. You know, the mysticism that gets ascribed to them is just that. They were just human beings. You know, we want to romantic, you know, we want to make it romantic. We want to add this <coughs> flair to it. But it's not there, guys. I mean, they're just people just like us trying to get the job done at the end of the day. Survive, eat, stay alive, rear kids, and make it happen. Yeah. And so, back to the show... <laughs> I wind up in British Columbia, Canada, because they asked me, they said, JD, what do you know about ninjas? We're here a bit. Yeah. So, um, so I wind up on the show and I'm, I'm in this black suburban, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Driving by and I get out and I see this dude for the first time. Now they have told me that I can't bring a knife. That's actually what they told me. Really? Yeah. They were like, yeah, you can't bring a knife. That's, that's weird because they gave me a whole list of things that I could bring and then ultimately we we're like, yeah, just kidding. You don't get any of that. Yeah. Well, they did. They did something similar to me. But I asked them, I was like, can I can I take it? Because I wanted a, a good knife. Sure. And I'm like, can I have a good knife? And they're like, no. So <laughs> I get out of this black vehicle. OK. And I look over there and there's your boy, Josh Tyler, beard and all, you know, studly looking dude. And I'm not kidding. He walks past me with the sword of omens like i literally looked over and i was like wait a minute i didn't get to get i didn't get to have a knife and lion-o is over here (laughs) and you have a sword this dude has got knife beyond knife (laughs) well i I was like come on that that's gonna appeal to like two percent two percent of this audience is gonna get that joke but for you two percent you're welcome that was a great that was a great thundercats reference dude if you grew up in the 80s and you're gonna thundercats reference Shame, shame. I don't, you know, I don't know the age demographic that we yeah, appeal I'm not to. Sure. I'm I don't. Sure. I mean, I would like to think that it's mostly guys our age, but if you're if they're younger than us, man, they don't know anything. All right, about wait a minute. That. Let's hit, another, hit him with another one. I saw this and I was like, by the power of Grayskull. Oh, yeah, you're digging deep now. These guys, these guys are going to be so lost. You know what's going to be fun is when I edit in some of the sound effects to Amen. that. Oh man, it's going <laughs> to be super sexy. So, what they told me is that I could bring a knife. And so you brought a bastard sword. So I was like, all right, well, this one knife is going to be a knife to end all knives. And I, I talked to my good buddy, Charlie, man. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to be going out doing some survival stuff. Can you make me like a knife that I could chop down the tree with? And he said, yep, sure can. And he did. And then I, I bring it all the way through customs to um, Canada, How? which let me tell you, Canada isn't super excited about no. bringing swords into their country. You know, Canada actually stopped me from getting training knives across the border one time. Huh. I was like, yeah, I'm going to dull knife them to they death. They must have known who you were. I, I, and they were like, because if anybody could do it, it would be you. Who's going to do it? So, so yeah, I, I went through all the ass pain of getting this knife through customs, show up, got all my super high-speed survival gear, and it's like, man, I'm going to be set. I don't care what they have us do. I've got all this badass gear. I had like... Man, I had all this, I was outfitted by Beyond Clothing, which is some of the best, you know, outdoor survival kit you could have in terms of clothing. And and they're like, nope, here you go. We went to uh, Walmart and picked up some some clothes for you. This is what you're going to wear. And they gave they gave me yoga pants. Q Q Bullworth. I wore yoga pants. I know, I saw them. Q Bullworth, uh, you know, ghetto superstar. Yeah. I was like, 
uh, which, you know, that ultimately ended up being part of the challenge itself, right, is the fact that they took away all of our amenities. That was part of the psychological thing, which I get. But, man, I was butthurt about that for the – I mean, you remember, we complained for the whole first week. Dude. <laughs> about not having our stuff with us. I mean, those knives that they did oh, give us. Spyderco, if you're out there, man. Make a better knife. That dive knife is hot garbage. Yeah, you know, not to rip on Spyderco too hard because I'm sure they make some good knives. Absolutely. But I think the one that they gave us, they may have, like, I don't know, been trying to carve cinder blocks with it and then before they handed them to us because that thing was in bad shape. Dude, I, I don't it know. It was not helpful. I don't know that I, you could have held it there and I could have jumped on the spine and we could have cut butter. <laughs> I mean, it was... It was rough. That thing was terrible. It was so, a rough day. But it... it uh, so anyway... We don't actually wind up working together the first time around. Yeah. Um, we, we're on a different team. So I wind up uh, going out, and it was, you know, kind of a behind-the-scenes, you know, like black vehicle stops. You know, it's like, you know, Suburban is like, skirt, get out. So I get out. I find this scroll. I'm in a swamp, and I wind up in glacial water up to my neck, freezing. I get out there, and I got to spend the night a couple of days in a swamp with uh, Danielle, who was, who was fantastic. Mm-hmm. She is a... Uh, uh, black belt, uh, BJJ black yeah, belt, Brazilian yep. Jiu Jitsu, uh, wonderful, wonderful, tough lady. And then, uh, I was out there with Dan Shrigley. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, watch that show and you'll figure it all out. I'm not going to go into that. And so, uh, I get through it and, uh, the first couple of days and then I come back to the dojo and then I meet you and find mm-hmm. out that you got to go do something that wasn't as high speed as what the other team got to do, but still didn't sound it that was bad. Still pr- I mean, I, I think... I think everyone else kind of got the short straw by comparison. I mean, we we got to fly in a helicopter up to the top of this mountain in beautiful Squamish, uh, British Columbia. So Squamish is the town just outside of BC. And man, it, it was amazing. This was actually my first time in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting. And then they drop us off on just this barren rock. Our scroll just said to endure. It just said, uh, endure and eventually someone will come for you in no real set of time just here you go and so we're looking around and and there's nothing up there there's a glacial lake so it's like okay we've got water and then it's just all rocks we're like what are we supposed to do for shelter they're like what does the scroll say okay can hey there's like trees and stuff down there can we go down there and they're like what does the scroll say you know, and this is kind of some behind the scenes stuff. You know, obviously there's there's people. I don't know. Can we talk about this? I have no idea. Shit, did we did we did we screw the pooch on that? Opsec, man. Opsec. Opsec. Shit. I mean, I don't think we're giving away anything that's not already on the show. And it's the, by the way, this is aired like in Canada. It's going to Latin America now. We're gonna be huge in in. We have, you, know, you know what's funny is I, I don't think we've actually gone to Japan yet. I think we'll be big in Japan. I Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm down to be big Cue in Japan. Cue yeah. the song. Uh, yes. Because um, I'll be turning Japanese. So, turning Japanese. Geez. I really think so. Wow. That just happened. All right. We're cutting that out. So No, we're not. <laughs> it's, um, so, it's you know, staying. kind of, you know, without giving away the details, obviously, you know, it, it is a TV show uh-huh. and... You know, there there are other players at this thing, and, and we're trying to f- make sense and heads of tails of what we're doing, right? And everything just came back to, uh, what what do we do? Look at the scroll. Every time. Every time. And, and, and it's, you know, I don't want to give away whether we were successful or not. You know, if you've seen the show, you probably already know. You know, don't spoil it for those who haven't. But uh, it was an absolutely brutal, brutal 
uh, brutal time. Uh, you know, what's really funny is I, I want to address some of the comments that I saw that people were talking about. Like people oh, yeah. were actually saying, it's funny. So if you're out there and you're worried that the show was fake, I can assure <laughs> you that I would have stabbed you for a half consumed Dr. Pib in like a moldy baby Ruth. Like, I would have murdered somebody. Today's Savage Gentleman episode brought to you by Baby Ruth and Dr. Pibb. Dr. Pibb. There's a little plug. And whiskey. And whiskey. And Black Rifle Coffee. Charlie, Charlie Man, Man Knives. Yeah. Black Rifle. This jacket. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> and Matt Winslow. And Matt no. Winslow. So, and the Marine Corps. Yeah, you know... It's it's one of those things where I think there's a there's a common misconception that people think on a lot of these survival shows that you're truly out there alone with with no one in sight doing these things and and it's like well kind of but somebody has to carry the camera around right do you know what I mean so it's like I mean I, I get that there's this suspension of disbelief. That occurs when you're watching TV, but you can't think that, you know, no one is there the entire time. And with the exception of probably something like Alone or maybe Survivor Man, where he's doing all the camera work himself. So, I mean, anything that you look at like Naked and Afraid or, or any other more um, modern or recent survival shows, there's going to be people out there. Has to you be. know. But in terms of the the realism of, of what took place, it's like we were on our own. There was there was no there was no gimmies, there was no handouts, there was no okay, quitting time, let's go pack it up and uh get in the tents or the RVs or whatever and we'll that didn't happen. It was like, you know, at 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 a certain time everyone, you know, camera and crew went home and then we're just there doing our thing, starving, freezing, being miserable, trying to make it through the night. We had no interaction with the outside world. Like we didn't know the Vegas shooting happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had no idea that that happened. We had, um, they actually, they, they were not allowed to even have food around us or anywhere near us at any given time. Um, cause they knew we'd steal it. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. We did, we did, we'd have gone super ninja. I'd be like, Hey, jokes on you. This is a ninja show and I'm going to do some real ninja shit. We're going to get that food and I'm breaking into your backpack when you're not looking or just breaking your leg and taking your food. Oh, so, um, man, I was hungry Uh, (laughs) and real talk, but no, I mean, there were some safety precautions that are obviously taken. I mean, we're not, they're not trying to kill us, but at the same time, like if you're out, I don't know, weren't they? (laughs) It felt like it, man. Like they wanted us to die. It felt like it. It was survival minus, man. Like we were surviving, but then we had these missions. We had these parameters that we were placed in, where where our hands were kind of tied, plenty of times. And 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 so it became a test of suffering, endurance. Mm -hmm. You know, um, maximizing our abilities under very limited circumstances in order to get the job done. And so um, I was amused um, that that people were. You know, I see. I saw some of the commentary on uh, on Discovery Channel's page, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, this is a fake show." And I'm like, "Bruh, I lost like twenty something pounds." Yeah, like I was about I was about to drop. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was legitimate. You know, every bit of suffering, every bit of hardship that that you know they they showed was a hundred percent real. You know what I mean? Like there there was no okay, let's uh let's reenact this for the camera, whatever. I mean, everything that they captured actually transpired was completely off the cuff and was just what took place while we were there um and and you know you're talking about survival minus the idea of like okay this is a survival challenge but even more difficult because we're taking away certain amenities or certain parameters and that's where I, I realized okay this is this is a lot more about just 
filming a survival show. You know, for me, this was about, okay, yes, I'm doing survival, but I'm also really putting myself to the test Mm -hmm. um, with both limiting factors of of having, you know, shitty gear and and all these things working against me, but then also, you know, putting myself to the test mentally and physically to, to endure something that I think... Very few people have, in my mind, have the opportunity. And I look at this. I looked at it as a great opportunity, a great learning experience, a great opportunity to grow. You know that I wish, honestly, man, I wish more people. I don't want people to suffer, but I wish more people could have the chance to experience what we went through. Honestly, you know, I will tell you at a certain point, and I can't tell you when, obviously, because I don't want to give things away. But there was a certain point for me that I remember sitting by the fire. And at one point it was me, you and Guy, mm-hmm. and we were just kind of hanging out. And I remember looking around and I thought, you know, we had, we were in an extreme, extreme situation, but I thought we're going to leave this and it's, it's going to kind of suck, man. We're going to go back to cell phones ringing and day-to-day activities and things like, and like it, it had become, it had become simple. It had become clear. It had become focused mm-hmm. and it had become more primitive and more natural and, and getting away from it was, getting away from it all was actually incredible for me, even though we were suffering and deteriorating and, and... It was really strange, like, you know, I mean, I guess maybe you, 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 you try to spin things in a positive light, you know, and you look for the silver lining, but there really were, you know, as much as I miss my family as, as hungry and as tired and, and miserable and wet and cold as I was at times, there, man, there really was something about the simplicity of it all that, that was very freeing and gratifying. Like there were days where I woke up and it was just like, man, I am, I am truly alive. You know, and I think we, I think in modern society, we, we rarely get that chance. You know, we're so caught up in, you know, checking our emails and our social media and paying bills and, you know, text messages and our social and and, and all this stuff that, man, we lose sight of some of the stuff that really matters. For me, it it painted a very clear picture of what mattered because the one thing that I missed more than anything while I was out there, and I'm sure you can relate we're, we're my kids oh, and yeah, my wife, yeah. you know what I mean? I know you got a couple of little ones. Yeah, I got, that, I got, I got Well, they're ones. not so little anymore. Well, I got a 13-year-old girl, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix, she's she's amazing, man. But I, I miss her all the time. And, 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 and I got to think about them in a more complete way because I wasn't b- constantly bombarded with information. Yeah. Know? I mean, with everything that we have now, and I'm not saying social media and the internet's bad, but you get bombarded with data. And, and everything just, you, your mental energy is so stretched out throughout the course of the day that you really lose sight of the things that truly matter mm-hmm. to you. And, and then I had nothing but time to really sit down, engage that parasympathetic nervous system and go, okay, what do I, how do I feel about this? What do I think? And, and all I could think about was my daughters. Yeah. You know, I could think about my girls and I could think about them smiling and laughing and, and, and it, I connected back with my own life again. And that's really important. Now, the important thing that I did is I, I, I kept that. So there are times where I shut off all social media, mm-hmm. everything. It's gone. It's out the window. And I just simply engage in my own life. And I think if I could, if I could share anything with anybody after 24 days worth of suffering my ass off <laughs> Getting next to this guy. Getting your ass kicked by Mother Nature, basically. Yeah, and, yeah, and Janichi Kawakami. Um, <laughs> just absolutely ninja death kicking me in the ass. Yep. Um, it's it's take the time man to connect with your own life take the time to connect with your own experience with with who you are with what you want i had a chance to ask myself very prominent questions once i stopped bombarding myself with mindless information flying yeah. at me 24 man and, it, and it's and it's so hard to revis- resist that urge right i'll be looking at my phone and it's like what are you doing man stop 
you know, like just set it down and then five minutes go by and I'm like, Oh shit, I'm still here doing this, you know? And, and I'll have that inner dialogue. I mean, it becomes very, very addictive and we've got to really keep that in check. And I think if we don't, you know, set aside designated times to, to unplug, it, it doesn't happen. And that's where, you know, I'm actually super excited. Um, this coming up weekend, unfortunately you're going to be out of town, um, because I was hoping we'd get the band back together, you, me, and, and Guy Higgins. That would have been awesome, um, dude. We're doing a, a survival course with Savage Gentlemen and actually going to be recreating a lot of the same scenarios um, in a lot of the similar environment that we experienced just sleeping out in the wild and, and trying to survive on the TV show. Yeah, if, man, it, guys, if you don't make it to this one, I'm assuming there'll, hopefully there'll be more of these, yes. these outings. Get out there, man. Like, like, get out there. Like, Josh, total consummate professional. Like, I remember looking over... And we talked to one another for a few minutes. We kind of traded back some knowledge, some information. We were kind of talking back mm-hmm. and forth around the fire. We looked at one another and we're like, did we just become friends? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it was over, man. We were done. We knew right there. But it's um, get out there, get that training and get those experiences, man. You can have it. I mean, a weekend, it's not going to kill you. It's worth it. We just talked earlier about taking the risk, getting out there, challenging yourself. Don't miss it, man. Like, don't miss it. You, you get a chance to learn from a guy that's actually been there and done it. Um, I know lots of experts in lots of different fields that have never actually performed the task. And and so you're, you're looking at a guy I can attest to that has been stuck in some of the worst environments, you know, just absolute garbage environments inside of a rainforest in, in British Columbia, Canada, freezing, and he got it done. So there's a lot to learn there, not only about survival, but about yourself. And I think that's what the the idea of Savage Gentleman really represents, is that if you're not getting that savage in your life, you know, you're a primitive, powerful creature. You're the dominant predator of this planet. But you need to tap into that sometimes. You need to remember that primitive heritage and ancestry you have because you're not designed. Your body was, you have not, you're, you're, you're an animal that's not designed to sit behind a desk all day long. So you need to feed the animal a little bit, let it get out and let it run. And that's a great opportunity to do so. Man, I, I, that was, you really summed that up quite nicely. I think that that, you know, for, for me, that's something that I really want to offer the opportunity. You know, again, it's something that, that I've enjoyed. It wasn't until, you know, I've only done it in small increments prior to the show, you know, for a weekend at a time or whatever. But that's a, I, I think that's a much more digestible chunk. You know, I, I wouldn't have anyone just jump off the deep end and like, here you go, spend a month. Good. Here's a here's a shitty Spyderco knife and a <laughs> and some Walmart survival clothes. Nice. Good luck. Um, <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't do that, but but just you know to get out and experience. And yes, there'll be some survival skills. You know that that's kind of it, it's built around that. But the the overarching you know theme and and thing that I want to offer and get people the opportunity to have is an adventure. We don't we don't have adventures anymore. We don't. We don't. You know. It's, um, you know, I mean, Gandalf the Grey is not going to knock on your door. There's my nerddom. Wow. Yeah, he's not going to knock on your door, man. He's you got to go out there. Lord of the Rings on us. Yeah, dude. I'm not yeah. even mad about it. Yeah, no, you're not. I saw, <laughs> the lo- I saw the love in your eyes when I brought it up. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying, though, is that it's not going to come to you. You got to go find it. Yeah. I mean, it, whether you're throwing on armor and going to Santa Severa, Rome, whether you're, you know, you say yes to the TV show. I mean, those those things are pretty grandiose, man. They're, they're pretty wild. But but say yes to something as simple as going out, getting into the woods with some really great dudes. And reconnecting with yourself, reconnecting with nature, reconnecting with the inner savage. I mean, if you're out there right now sitting on a desk, sitting on a computer, you know, staring at a screen, endlessly typing away, you know, crossing the T's on those TPS reports, like, I know 
you're looking for something and this is it man yeah like, well and and actually we're we're actually full for this for this weekend coming up that course is full but there will be others and this is something next that we one. that we want to do so keep an ear out for that you know we'll let you know um you know matt matt's got some interesting things up his sleeve he's a uh he's a he's an alpinist are you switching oh you can't Al- make it alpinist a, yeah you is can't that, you can't get word? on the camera. I'm trying to I'm trying to look at you and cut to yourself. Gosh. Al Al Alpaca? Al, Al, no, an alpinist. He's alpinist. mountaineering. He climbs mountaineering. mountains. Mountaineering. Okay, now we got it. Are you on are you on board now? No, no, I got yeah, it. so yeah. um specifically ice climbing. And so if you really wanna wanna have an adventure, you know, we have some some cool stuff in store, you know, later on down the line that he's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda kick that to him because that's his wheelhouse. I know nothing about that other than what you and I experienced um, trying to retrieve coffee from the top of the mountain. Man, that snow cave, though, boy, that yeah. was rough. That was, was rough. It was a good yeah, time. Jumped out of that helicopter, man. That was that was good times. I enjoyed that. But that's again, man. You know, like I said, if it, you know, so many of us. I mean, I think I think we could always work on refining the inner gentleman. Sure. You know, but. But I think the big thing that's missing out of society right now is the savage component. Yeah, there, there's very little inner savage, and 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 to kind of bring that together to harmonize, there's, there's a balance that has to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, too much in the direction of gentlemen, you can't really handle yourself. You know what I mean? Maybe not. You're you know? a poof. Yeah, you're you're that's soft. That's the term I like to use is poof. You're you're pretty and soft. <laughs> But, you know, too much savage and you're over here, you know, shaving your face with a battle axe in the morning, terrifying people. So that's not going to work. Yeah. You got to interact with society. It's a delicate balance between the two, man. And I think um, I think this is a good opportunity to kind of get the savage on. So if you miss this one, shame on you. Get the next one. There you go. Um, our new spokesperson for Savage Gentleman, uh, J.D. Caputo, apparently just, man, just selling it. Selling just it. selling it. Bro. Man, I like it. Like, I, OK, guys, the first time I ever heard about the brand, I was actually on the show like the first time I ever heard about it. Like, like Josh Tyler starts talking to me about it. I was like, yes, that I'm in hundred percent. What do I need to do? And he's like, I, okay, uh, come hang out and, yeah, come and do, do cool shit. So we, you know, we, after the show, we went up and, and filmed some content together. Um, more survival stuff up in the mountains in the snow. Matt Winslow was there with us filming and, uh, watching us try not to die and freeze to death. And, uh, we, we filmed some knife training stuff since then, I mean, we've done quite a few little projects here and yeah. there. You've been on the Savage Gentleman podcast um, a couple times before. So, yep. you know, we're, we're going to keep trying to pull this guy in as much as we can because he's a wealth of knowledge and a damn good gentleman as well as, um, you know, a, a savage in his own right. Um, looking forward to seeing you compete in your boxing. Um, where can people, what's the best place to find you for folks that want to reach out and see, see JD in action? All right, guys, so you can get me at uh, JD Caputo, that's C-A-P-U-T-O, uh, on Facebook. Um, you can catch up with me on Instagram, same thing, JD Caputo. Um, I show up quite a bit on uh, on Funker Gaming, F-U-N-K-E-R Gaming, that's right. I do some gaming and streaming. Uh, also got a Twitch page called Ooh. War Apes. Oh, yeah, yeah we didn't even Apes. talk about Man, yeah. that, that'll have to be another episode because Matt's like, bro, guys, you guys need to wrap this thing up. He's got yeah. places to be. Yeah, so but, yeah, I mean, keep an eye out for War Apes. I think you're – are you guys pretty close to launching that? Where's that we, at right We now? actually – we've got it up now. Okay. Um, we're uh, we're actually – we're kind of standing up the brand. we got some T-shirts coming. Um, we got our we got our favorite guy. You know, our, our symbol is actually a uh, – we call him Combat Capuchin. He's got a uh, – he's got a – He's got the, Solid. the full metal jacket helmet on. Uh, oh, that's nice. actually what my fight name is going to be is Combat Capuchin. And um, <laughs> anyway. JD Combat Capuchin Caputo. Caputo. 
I want Man, I hate to, to be that announcer. And I'm walking out to Barbie You're Girl. You're such a dick. I'm doing it. You, oh my gosh. <laughs> if I can, if I can leave you with one bit of advice from from my fighting career, that's a kiss of death. Is it? Oh my gosh! If you walk out to to um, Eye of the Tiger, something ridiculous like Barbie Girl, um, Come on, we guys. are the champions. Any like cliche sports movie anthem. Or something that is just like overly top, over the top, like pop, bubblegum, whatever silliness. Yeah. You have a 99% chance that you were going to get your ass kicked like historically badly. Okay, so so we're not going to tempt fate there because I might be a bit superstitious. Yeah, I mean, I do what you want. I'm not saying it can't be done. And if anyone could pull it off, I think it'd be you. But I, I from my experience, I have yet to see... The guy who came out to one of those songs have the fight go in his favor. Now, I have a friend who actually regularly walks out to the Pokemon theme. Well, that's badass. Kidding. No, that's super tough. D- David Johnson, if you're out there, by the way, <laughs> uh, he's an amateur fighter. I'm going to give him a shout out. So David Johnson. Um, no, that actually works. That that totally works, especially, bro, if you were to fight in Japan and come out to that, you, man. Huge. No, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and I got a huge height advantage, so I should be okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that... One of the things, though, man, is that uh, no, I I don't know. I've I've played with a bunch of songs. I'm just I'm just kind of tired of like everybody. It's like, oh, look, Indestructibles on again. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, cool. I mean, definitely, definitely play something. Honestly, you know what you can do, and I've done this before because like, oh, I got it, Johnny Cash. There you go. See, there it is. See, I, I've honestly, I've just told him play whatever you want. You know, just just because you know that's such a small part of the actual fighting thing that I don't even want to waste the brain energy on trying to figure that out. And I've gone to the other extreme where I've spent, you know, weeks and months trying to f- figure out the perfect, f- you know, walkout song. I think what people are missing is that, you know, they're always like, man, I need like death metal. And I'm like, there is nothing more badass or terrifying than Johnny Cash. I mean, I don't think you could go wrong with that. I, 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 that gets my, you know, I, I'll co-sign on that for you All for right, there sure. It is, right boom, there. boom, Johnny Cash. All right, so JD, thanks so much, man. Happy to have you in town. Sorry you couldn't stay longer, but um, you know, next time you're around, we'll definitely bring you on and, and chat about some more stuff. And looking forward to see what War Apes is doing and your Twitch channel and all your cool JD Caputo adventures. Yeah, absolutely. And also, guys, man, I love this community. Savage gentlemen, absolutely fantastic. So if you're out there, do me a favor, man. Like, share subscribe all that good jazz anything you can do to push this out there promote this stuff also fantastic products on savage gentlemen uh, i love them i carry them i keep them i got the t-shirts how much are we paying this guy do we have to give him a cut now dude he is like he's that a, was the plan does he we just pay him in coffee that works I'm yeah you can pay me that. in coffee or you can just keep paying or me whiskey. In whiskey i mean that's that's it really 90 percent of that's how they convinced me to do this no but seriously guys support this thing it's important this is this, these are the kind of things that turn society around. If you're out there all day long and you're sharing these memes from these different pages, you know, here's this garbage political opinion, here's this garbage thing over here. Share this, man, because like restoring the savage, you know, the balance of savage gentlemen back to back to man, back to society is going to be a critical thing going forward. If you really want to make a difference, man, it's about promoting the things that make the difference. And so I think this is doing that. Share it, get it out there. Besides, this dude's adorable. Get my ugly mug on there, man, and uh, we'll do more of these. Outstanding. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.